0: What is up, Everything Medicare Podcast Nation? This is Christian Brindle. This is episode 83 of the Everything Medicare Podcast, where every single week I bring you a podcast where I discuss your Medicare, your Medicaid, your Social Security, and everything that has to do with that golden age called retirement. And today I have the pleasure of interviewing an experienced, um, knowledgeable Medicare specialist by the name of Tracy Allen um, Lonesbury, a second, and Tracy's background is kind of an interesting one. Um, Tracy partners with a retirement specialist with CLC Investment Advisors, who specializes in coordinating retirement benefits by maximizing coverage options for his clients through seminars and consultations. Um, Tracy primarily deals with individuals on Medicare who are looking to ensure they have the best coverage for their specific situation. Um, Tracy's married, um, hasn't have any kids yet, but he's an army veteran. Thank you for your service, Tracy, um, and just and thank you so much for for just being on the podcast and kind of you know sharing your knowledge and your experience and expertise with my audience. And um, I wanted to start out by having you talk a little bit about your story and how you got into the insurance industry.
1: Yeah. Hey, thanks for the intro there, Christian. Um, yeah. So my my story is a little bit of a of a different one. Um, so I uh, I grew up in in a fairly uh, rural setting in northern Michigan, and uh, I went to went to a, a college not too far away and, and graduated with a, a bachelor of science. And I actually studied law and criminal justice. I went through their uh, I went through their police academy and really wanted to be a police officer. And I didn't have any family that did that. Never had any family that went to college and graduated. Um, just kind of a, a self motivator. And a few things happened in my life that brought me down a different path and I decided to switch switch gears um, and some other doors opened for me. Uh, And I got in the insurance industry with a captive agency and I was actually doing really, really well. I hit the ground running. I'm I'm a people person and I'm I'm a fairly quick learner, I guess you could say. So um, in doing that, I was able to knock out a lot of rookie records with this company, and uh, was on track to actually make somewhere around eighty grand my first year, which is almost unheard of in this industry. Yeah, uh, with the big bonus coming in, and uh, I, I actually something being a captive agency, and I'm not, I'm not uh, saying one over the other is bad. It just wasn't for me. I really want to be able to offer my clients a, a, a better variety. And, uh, I guess it was a, a moral crossroads that I was in. And I had decided that I was going to try something different, uh, try the independent route. And right around that time, I had wrote some life insurance for a family, um, four, four daughters and then, uh, mom, dad. And, uh, I found out that, uh, the, the policy I had wrote, there were universal life insurance policies. Um, there was these, uh, different insurance, um, uh, different insurance plans that the company I worked for offered that pretty much same thing, just a, just cheaper. And I went back and I spent another four hours and I think probably in the whole eight hours I was there, I maybe, maybe made 70 bucks. I mean, the commissions were low and, um, they, they asked me, why'd you do that? And, and I said, well, it's the right thing to do. And I mean, they would have never known. And, um, that was actually the cousin of the gentleman I partnered with. So they actually referred me or referred him to me, he called me and the rest is history. We partnered and um, I've never looked back. I, I love being independent and love what I do. So um, that's my background. And, and yes, I am a uh, Army veteran. I joined in 2011. I served uh, as a reservist um, and I uh, just got out this year. So,
0: yeah. Well, awesome. That's great. Um, again, thank you for your service. I don't think people um, recognize veterans enough, to be completely honest with you. Um, and, you know, that. That's a fascinating start you know to start off at a, as a captive agent and just you know thrive at it you know and like you said you know getting up to those type of production it is basically unheard of, especially in in a situation where someone's in a you know, where they're a captive agent in that type of situation so that's you know congratulations to you on that and um thank you and 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 you know I just feel like a lot of people find that approach so refreshing as far as you know you not being so concerned with your commission and more concerned with helping out the customer and the consumer. And I just feel like, you know, we wouldn't have so many agents in this industry come and go if more people took that approach, you know. Um, And not only that, I think the consumer would be better off. So props to you for that. I have nothing but good things to say about that.
1: Yeah, thanks. I appreciate it. I I agree with you 100%. Definitely.
0: Well, okay, let's jump into the Medicare talk um, now. So... My first question for you on that is, it's been the age-old debate, where do you lie on Medicare Advantage versus Medicare Supplement debate? Obviously, neither one is right for every single person and everybody has their own specific needs and preferences, but if you had to pick one side of the coin to argue for over the other in general, which one would you lean towards and why?
1: Man, that is is a a really great question. Just because it's, it's so common. Um, I, I've been asked the, the question multiple times and, and I'll tell you, I've I've argued for both. Um, when, when somebody says that it's, it's, it is situational, they're, they're not lying. You know, everybody's situation, specific situations, they differ so much. And, um, maybe even if their situation is similar, well, maybe their, their goals and their needs are different. So, you know, my approach, is always from an educational standpoint. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna sit down with a client, whether it's a one-on-one through an appointment, or whether it's a seminar, or a workshop, or a college course that I teach. I- I'm just gonna be an educator. You know, I'm gonna try to be as non-biased as possible, because I know if I do that, I'm gonna provide enough value to where that client, or that potential client, is gonna want to come on board with me. So, to go back to it, most retirees, They they switch. There's a switch that occurs. They go from being maybe a little bit more careless to a little bit more careful. And when doing that, um, and and even on the financial side, we always advise that they they do that. Uh, When they do that, they 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 start to move away from you know the what ifs. You know, what if X Y and Z happens to me? What if I get sick? What if I get that? you know, maybe I can plan for that, but what if I can't? And they start to move into the, okay, what can I control? Okay, what are the things I can't control? And health insurance is going to be one of their biggest expenses in, retire, in retirement, depending on if they still have debt or whatever, but it will be, okay? So, Definitely. They want, a lot of times a, cl- a client is going to want, they're going to want the golden, the golden plan, the, the, I don't want to have to worry about it. I'm retired. I want to know that this is accepted. I want to know that I'm not going to have copays that they are there. They're going to be small. Um, I'm, I, I want that. And in all honesty, a lot of them don't care if they, if they pay a little more for it. So with me saying that I do lean towards The supplement side a little bit more. I would say much probably my, my book of business is probably a 70-30 split, 70 being the supplement side or the Medigap side, just because that's the majority of the clients that I have. They want, they want to know that they can travel. They want to know they can go see pretty much whatever doctor or go to any hospital and have services covered the exact same way. They, they know black and white that, hey, I got a Plan G. I got a deductible, and then after I meet that for the year, pretty much everything's covered. They want to know that, so I do lean on that way. Um, like if a client is going to ask me my recommendation, like I said, it's going to be situational. But if if everything's fairly even, I'm probably going to say, you know, just so you don't, you can enjoy retirement, not have the headache of having to worry about this. I would say, you know, maybe go with the supplement. And then the type of supplement they're going to have, that's going to be based on their situation as well. So I do lean on the Medicare uh, Medicare supplement side, but the Advantage plans are still very good for all sorts of different types of situations, and they can save people a lot of money. So
0: Definitely. I mean, I I couldn't have said it better myself. I think, you know, obviously it's, situ- it's situational. You know, and it's always going to be situational, but, you right. know, there's just something to those Medicare supplements, you know, no copays or or no out of pocket if not very very little. Like you mentioned with the plan G. Mm-hmm. Um it's it's right. it's interesting because every single person I I've I've had come on here, I've asked them that same question because I love to hear all the different answers, and I'd say most of the people that have come on here have basically leaned towards the supplement opposed to the advantage plans. Um if 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 they had to pick, obviously but it's this, it, it's a question that some that sometimes people get squirmish of too because it's like you said it's 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 never a one size fits all. Um, Tracy, let me sw- let me shift gears to this and piggybacking off of the Medicare supplement question. Um, what do you think is the most difficult obstacle that seniors face when picking out a Medicare health plan?
1: You know, there are, there are so many complexities with Medicare. Even for us as agents and professionals in the industry, there's so much that even we have to keep, keep up on. You know, if you ask my wife what I do when I go home after work, okay, a lot of times I'm sitting on my couch or in front of my computer and I'm reading articles on Medicare. Whether it's, 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 it's always, there's always something new I can learn to help somebody else's situation. And so with that all being said, this is what I do for a living. You know, I'm the professional here. There's no, there's no way that, uh, that, a somebody who's turning 65 or, or is already, you know, past that age and on Medicare or through disability, whatever it is, there's no way that they can keep up on all of it. It changes every year. that be a huge change every year, but you know, who, who knows what kind of changes are, are going to occur. So, you know, it's, it's, I would say the most the most difficult aspect of it. In all honesty, <clears throat> it's not the abundance of the information out there. It's the resources that are provided to them. Uh, in Michigan, we have the Michigan Medicaid Assistance Program. It's a nonprofit, federally or state-funded, federally funded program where there's volunteers that uh, basically are, are taught how to do Medicare prescription drug plans, Medicaid uh, enrollment and then, you know, a little bit on the Medicare supplement side. And I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, you know, when you're not getting paid to do something, you don't really do it as well, you know, and that is where a lot of seniors go. And I see those people make mistakes all the time. I work hand in hand with a lot of them and I teach them a lot of stuff and I'll be honest, I've learned a lot from them as well, but the issue is all these resources available, everybody's saying different things. I can't tell you how many times I've, I've talked to a client that said so-and-so with this insurance company told me this. And then this SMAP counselor told me this. And then I called Medicare and they said this. And then I'm sitting there saying, well, none of those are true. It's actually this. So who, who, who are they supposed to uh, who's, who are they supposed to believe? You know, if, if I was in their position, I would probably say an insurance agent would be the last person I would believe, you know, they're making a living and they're getting commissions. From these products. So I would probably think Medicare or somebody's a volunteer, it probably knows more. And in all honesty, it's probably the opposite. And it's because there's such high turnaround in those fields. You talk to people that uh you know are on the one eight hundred Medicare number, and uh I've asked them, How long have you been doing this for? Oh, six months okay, how about these math towns? That I've been doing for, oh, a year, you know? And you can you can get a lot of information in a year, but um, unless you're being really proactive, it's really hard to find a good resource. So I would say that they're, the biggest issue is them finding a good, solid resource that is not afraid to say, you know what, I don't know that question, but I will go find out and do the research instead of having to feel like they they have to know every single thing in that moment. That's that's really what's going to make or break a good resource. It's somebody who's not willing, to, or somebody who's willing to go out and and pursue whatever information they need to give you the best advice. So that, I would say that's the biggest issue is resources.
0: Well, I love your answer on that because that's you know that's something that you know is so true and does not get talked about enough. You know, and then I think I think you know people people call medicare like you said and they're 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 in a situation where you know that's that's the top of the food chain in their eyes you know as far as knowledge is supposed mm-hmm. to be concerned and in a lot of cases it's some of the worst information you can find because they're taking calls from people all over the country they just start they did, they could have just started that day for all you know and right and and more often than not you're going to have some cold individual on the other end of the phone that doesn't really want to help you and so they're going to give you the bare basic information you know without taking into consider I think it's a great point. I think it doesn't get talked about enough and I couldn't agree with you more that, you know, not all information is created equal.
1: Absolutely. And you know, something
0: that I, I talk about,
1: uh, is, is, there's a book out there and it's, the book's called Mindset by Carol Dweck. It's, the book talks about the growth mindset versus a fixed mindset. And as an employee, a lot of times... They'll, they'll be more prone to having a fixed mindset. Meaning, you know, you, you kind of go through the motions. So many people have a nine to five job. They go through the motions and they go home. Well, with these math counselors, shit, uh, Medicare, they're employees, right? They're not somebody who's, who is living and dying what they're doing. You know, they're, they're living, living and breathing every single day. And this is their, this is, this is what I do for a living. This is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life, right? That's that that different mindset and, you, and it's not always transferable it's it's not always that black and white <laughs> but uh, I, I definitely think there's there's some validity there when you're gonna get someone on the other line that you know they're, they're just an employee they're not they're not there to, to do anything more than what they have to um, which is kind of sad in the society we live in, but that's a conversation for another day. <laughs> that's right.
0: That's right. It's a societal problem at that point. But, but I think I think that's a great, great point. You know, they're not invested in helping you. Whereas, you know, when you work Absolutely. with when when you work with a broker, you know, if someone would work with you, with you, Tracy, or someone would work with me, you know, we're putting our livelihood mm-hmm. on the line when we make a recommendation. Mm-hmm. So we better we better damn get it right. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, Absolutely. Well, let me let me transition into this, Tracy. Um, what do you think is the best way that someone who is getting on to Medicare for the first time can find information to help them know what to do, just to kind of piggyback off the last question?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, Medicare, this is how I break it down for a lot of my clients, is if, if nobody has talked to this person, or they have not... Um, seek any information out the, the the best thing you're going to be able to do is is go on medicare.gov if you're tech savvy and just read through what medicare is and what the different parts of medicare are if you do that you'll probably know more than 90 percent of the agents and um, people that work in the medicare field because a, a lot of them don't know the super super specifics of it anyway so if you were to do that you, you'd know quite a bit and one, the other one is That um, that CMS made the Medigap guidebook. Okay, if if you're looking and and you're not really sure what Medigap is, go read through that. It's you know it's a good snoozer waiting to happen. But you know this is a very important time of 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 a retiree's life, and it's a very important decision to be made. And that's going to give you a lot of really good information in there. Reading through that. So you know, teaching yourself. And get, getting yourself to a point where you're a little bit dangerous. And then you start talking to a local insurance agent and never just pick one. I mean, when I, when a client comes to me and I get a referral or whatever, I, I tell them all the time, Hey, go talk to more people. You, I mean, I, I, I'll tell you two brains are always better than one, right? I have sent people to my competitors down the street, um, to get information from them because who knows, maybe they, maybe they have that. That uh, that one little piece of information I might have forgot about, right? And 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 that's something that that client really needs to know. I, and I do it all the time, and and I'll I'll tell you they my clients love it or potential clients that you know they know I'm trying to be as honest as possible. So just get as many opinions and bits of info as you can, so you can compile and educate yourself, so you can make an informed decision. Um, and then at the end of the day, having somebody local you can trust that is going to help shop the market or do whatever, educate you, um, having that one person is, is a good thing. You just have to weed through all the other, um, I guess, baloney to try to find that person. So, <laughs> so stay educated. Educate yourself and and just, just be proactive.
0: Well, I love that answer, you know, because, I mean, what I've, what I've been preaching for years and even before we started doing this podcast is, it's you really can never know if you're making the right decision unless you're educated on what your choices are and what you're really getting and why you're getting it and why it's the best thing for you. So, you know, I, I, I love, I love that perspective. And I think, you know, if more people came from the perspective of education first, I think they'd benefit people a lot more. Um, So I, I love it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm, I'm, I always tell people I'm an educator first and, that's kind of it. Cause I really don't have to sell anything really not a fiddle. Um, I used to be, and it can, it can really, it can really knock you down when you, it's a very grinding thing and you really don't feel like you're, you're helping all that much. But when you educate somebody and you find the holes in their uh, in their in their coverage based on that education it, products just sell themselves because people see it, people know like, Oh, Okay, I can save my, oh, you're, you're saying that this is, you know, this plan G with this company or this plan G with this company is the same same coverage, only $40 difference, and they're both rated the best. They're both rated um, high with Better Business Bureau. Okay, there's 40 bucks. You know, sign me up. Where do I sign? I don't even have to sell it. So education first, and you won't have to be a salesman.
0: Well, I think it's a great approach. Um, let, let me let me transition into this, Tracy. Um, Let's talk about the Medicare industry's future as a whole. So, for me anyway, someone is up, Someone that someone that grew up around the Medicare industry. You know, with my with my, my dad ever since before I was born, working with people on Medicare um, in in our area in Utah. We always ever, from my experience, every single five to ten years, there would be a scare about Medicare going away or it would be publicized about Medicare going away. Medicare is going to change to this. Medicare is going to erode. Medicare is going to do this. Medicare is going to do that. Where do you see Medicare going as an industry in the next 10 years, if you had to guess, with all of the talk going around with politics? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, uh, uh, <laughs> that's a very obvi- complex question. Obviously, no one has <laughs> a crystal ball, but if you had to guess.
1: Oh, right, right. I'll, I'll I'll say it is a complex question. And I think a lot of it is going to be reliant uh, and I'm not a very political person, but I think it's going to be reliant on this next election, you know, with, with candidates on and on the left side talking about Medicare for all or single payer, um, you know, that could really, really change or possibly eliminate my job as a Medicare agent. And, you know, if they, if they found a good way of doing it, I, I don't really think I'd be opposed to it. You know, it's just a matter of finding what's going to be best for those clients and policyholders, not the insurance companies. And pretty, if you talk to pretty much anybody in the Medicare or insurance field, a lot of them, they don't even like insurance as a whole. You know, insurance, these you have these big CEOs of these big companies that make, you know, tens of million dollars a year, Um, and what's, what's, what's happening to their, their policyholders with, as far as their increases and with their rates and everything. They just keep jacking up each year. So at least some of them are. So I, I would hope what's going to happen is a little bit of a revamp, um, to where these, um, these big insurance corporations, they, they have, uh, profit margins that are Cut down a bit, you know. I'm I'm all for that. I don't care if I have to take a pay cut. So put more money in my client's pocket. I'm fine with that. I mean, I've I've called insurance companies and I've said, listen, instead of taking the policy fee out of my client's pocket, can you just take it out of my commission? But they won't. I mean, what? Why? You know, um, I look at oh, ten years ago or eight years ago, um, there, there were companies that had forty percent rate increases amongst their Medigap plans, 40% rate increases.
0: That's now, insane. Imagine
1: you're on a fixed thing. That's insane. Imagine being on a fixed income making 1200 bucks and all of a sudden your insurance goes from a hundred to a, to $140. I mean, that would, that would be insane on top of uh, probably another 10, 12, whatever it is after that. Um, so it, it's gotten better in, in Michigan. We had a, an issue with uh, Blue Blue Cross of, of Michigan. So Blue Cross is, you know, they're they're all different. Blue Cross Tennessee, Blue Cross Utah, Blue Cross Michigan. So in Michigan, they went to a they went from a nonprofit to a mutual company, and they took it out on their policyholders. They got uh, two hundred million dollars in subsidies taken away from the government. they are a mutual company now. They have to pay taxes. Another ninety million, and they have to, to pay the Michigan towards the Michigan Endowment Fund. Which is another hundred billion. That happened. A uh, couple years back, there are policyholders that had the legacy plan that went from paying a flat fee of uh, a flat premium of one hundred and twenty or one hundred thirty dollars all the way up to two twenty to two fifty in one year. So there, there definitely has to be some more regulation where the government steps in and says, "Hey, listen, um let's uh let's but you can only make so much. Your, your profit margin. You you can't come to us and ask us." to increase the rates because you didn't make enough. Um especially if you're you're making a decent amount of money. I think they, they need to limit that a little bit. Um because I really do want it to be more money in my my clients pockets. And, and and people ask me about the universal healthcare system and or the Medicare for all and all that. And I'll be honest, I've read the proposals and I'm not super impressed with them. Uh, it's it's just not detailed enough. Um uh, and and no one person can can create uh, a system that's going to work. It's going to take hundreds and just multiple teams of, of people over the course of, you know, 5, 10, maybe 20 years to, to really implement a good system. If you look at Germany, Germany has an amazing universal healthcare system, but it's because it's surrounded by all these different um, <clears throat> building blocks around it to keep it in place. And, and we need to start building those blocks if we if we want something to, to uh, change at least here in the states, but in the next ten years, let's just hope it it goes up. Let's just hope things get better.
0: <laughs> okay, well that's something that's something I think we can all get on board for. We want improvement. We want more benefits. We want more everything for the the, pe- mm-hmm. the people on Medicare. I think that's something we can all definitely um, strive for and hope for. Absolutely. So let me let me transition over to this topic here, Tracy. What do you think someone on Medicare should look for when they're picking a particular insurance company I mean I know we, we we've talked a lot about education and people being educated so when someone is you know talking to a couple different agents or they're they're doing their research what should they look what do you recommend looking they should look for when they're necessarily picking a certain insurance company when they're doing their research what should they look for
1: you know i I would say um Picking a different insurance company, as in different insurance brokers, or picking a different insurance company as as in actual companies that are going to be holding their their, their or getting their uh, their plans through, both are going to be obviously different answers. So, when picking an actual insurance company, meaning you know, let's say my company, CLC Investment Insurance Advisors, you know, what separates us from the rest? I I really something I always tell my clients is, is that agency purely independent? Okay. Or, or are they really, truly a broker? So when, when you're, when you're independent, something that some agents can get sucked into is only selling from one or two companies because they want to make it to that convention or they want to get that bonus or yada, yada, or maybe their commissions are higher. Right. And I see it all the time. And to me, all that makes you is a captive agent. That's all it does. You you might hold that independent title, but you're doing it for the wrong reasons. When you're truly independent, you lay out as many options as you can to your client. Now, you have to be careful not to overwhelm them. I'm not saying go take the 50 companies that offer supplements in your area and quoting every single one of them and putting them in front of your clients because you know they might go cuckoo, but when you run that software that you use, and if you don't have any software, I would suggest going with an IMO that maybe does have some. If you don't have that software that you can type in a quote in, and it shows every single company in in your area you can contract with or are contracted with and what their prices are. If if you're picking a company just because their premiums are higher and you get paid more or you got that bonus coming in, you know that doesn't make you independent. So I would say a truly independent company. That can show you exactly the process that they use compared to other, uh, other companies, um, and why that process is better. And I look for, and now I'm going to switch over to actual companies that offer or carriers that offer these, these, uh, I'm going to use supplements just because they're easier to talk about than med- Medicare Advantage plan. Um, you know, that the carriers are all going to be, uh, different based on you know, what plans they offer. Some, some, some carriers don't offer, you know, all the different 12 plans av- available. But when you're, when you're using that, that quoting engineering software and you're, you're looking at, when you use the plan G again, it's the most popular plan. And you're looking at a plan G. Well, it's not just what that company offers it at. That's not the, that's not necessarily the one you go with. Okay. If you, if you just pick the cheapest company out there, You'd be, your clients would be having 20, 30% rate increases, you know, left and right, okay? So you have to take that company and what their past has been. Past results aren't a, aren't exactly indicative of future ones, but they can get you close. So what I look at in the company is, okay, what's their better business bureau rating? How long have they been in my Michigan market? Because that's the only market I, I, I sell sell in. How long have they been here? Um, and. What type of premiums do they have, and what type of rate increases do they have on average? I want to know all those things, right? So a big one in, in my market is like usual of Oman Aetna. They've been here for a while. They have nice low rate increases each year, at least on average. Some people, a little higher than I'd like, but on average, I feel a lot more comfortable than putting them with you know, a, a no-name company I've never heard of that in my software, when I, and when I do my research, how long have they been in the Michigan market for? It's one year. They just got here, you know? So, um, companies are gonna vary based on your region. You know, a company in, in Michigan might not be as good as a company over in, in uh, Iowa or wherever because they have different books of business per state. But finding what company is good in your, in your state and truly, or, or a, I guess, a, a few companies and and not being afraid to um, not being afraid to offer that that to your clients or give them as many options as, as possible and, and, and being truly truly independent.
0: Well, well said, well said. Um, makes a lot of sense. So, okay, Tracy, let's let's jump over to this topic. I have a couple more questions for you, and then we'll wrap this puppy up. Um, sure what are some things that you see and we talked a lot about some of them already but what are some things you see in the Medicare industry that you think the industry can do better as a whole
1: um, you know I, I would say I would say what they could do better is is if it, if it's going to be if Medicare as a whole is, is going to be um, overlooked by CMS which it is um, Maybe implementing something that uh, something where agents or, or whoever uh, is selling a product, um, some system that they have to go through to ensure that it's good for that client. Um, and and I feel as though <clears throat> uh, you know underwriting or, or whatever when you're selling a, a product, uh, that that's not the system I'm talking about. I'm talking like a government, uh, maybe a CMS system. That that they could implement, where um, you know it's kind of like uh, big big daddy government up there is just making sure people are doing the right thing. And and you know government to to say the government does a, a good job, you know, doing that type of thing. in other other avenues, I'd, I'd probably be lying to you. I was a government employee for eight years, so I, I understand. Um, but uh, I think it would be better than nothing. And I, I don't think there's as many measures right now to keep agents in check from just Selling anything under the sun and, sun, and saying anything they want, and then at the end of the day having a scope of appointment that is supposed to be covering their butt. Um, so, so some type of system to make that uh, make sure that the agents are doing the right thing, whatever that may be. If somebody's a lot smarter than me, can can maybe uh, think and, and create something like that, or a team of people, but something along those lines.
0: Right. Right. Well. um, Makes sense to me, you know. Um, I feel like things like that can only benefit the, benefit the beneficiaries and benefit the people on Medicare, and so it makes sense to me. Um, this next right. question, this next question I have for you, Terry, is is one that I, excuse me, one. This next question I have for you, Tracy, is one that I think is very. I like this question a lot because I think it's a lot a fun question, um, and everybody's going to have their own opinion on this. But if you had to say. What is the best Medigap Medicare supplement plan in the marketplace today, in 2019, and why?
1: <laughs> oh man, um, gosh, I hate to be the broken record and say it's situational, <laughs> um, but it, it, it is situational. I would say, well, I'll, I'll say this. Out of every client that I have, 99.9% of them have either the G plan or the N plan, okay? So, I, in my opinion, and at least in my market, Pretty much every other plan is, there's just, it's just not good bang for your buck. It's just, it's just not. Um, and that is including the F plan. And in my market, the F plan gets beaten out by the G plan based on solely premium. The premium is much, much lower. Um, and it's a lot lower than, than what you would pay, uh, in the deductible that the F plan would cover. So. I don't, I don't do the F plan. Um, so the G and the N are, are mine and it's all going to be reliant on how many doctor's visits you have, um, and what you feel comfortable with. Um, the, the, you know, the main difference between those two plans is that doctor's visit. The, it, there is the part B excess charge, but in Michigan and in people I've talked to in Michigan that have been here for 15, 20 years that have been in this industry, it, you just don't see that part B excess charge. You just don't see it anymore. And I've actually seen it and I've fought it and won. So, it, it's not for me, it's just kind of out the window. I almost see it as not being there. I do educate my clients on it, but it's not an issue. My biggest issue is the $20. Um, so, if if somebody's going to a chiropractor quite often, it's the plan G. If they're not, then I weigh the options between the two. I show them the difference in premium, which is about $20 normally, um, at least for somebody who's probably under 68, 69, 70. Um, and you know, I, I let them make that decision. I, I, I will say I probably have more clients on the plan N than the plan G, um, just because I'm a I'm a savings kind of guy, and a lot of the doctors around here won't even charge you the 20 bucks. Um, even chiropractors won't. Uh, that's that's just that's the market I'm in. It's going to be totally different for somebody elsewhere. On top of um, I, I switch a lot of clients out of the. Uh, Plan C and the Plan F uh, into the Plan N, and I see people save 100 to 120 dollars a month um, doing that, and in some cases more. So it, it's it's a good it's a good plan. Even if you're going to the doctor all the time, it could be a good plan. I don't know very many people that go to the doctor 12 times a year, or in some cases, you know, it might be up 20 or 30 doctor's visits a year different. So I'll, I'll be black and white, and I'll say the Plan N.
0: Well, I like it. I mean, plan N for I think everybody is going to be in the top 2, you know. Whether someone says right. a plan G or they say a plan N is going to be number 1, and those two plans depending on who you talk to are going to probably going to be interchangeable. So I think I think right. I th- you know, I think that's I think that's a you know, depending on who's listening, I think probably pretty much everyone everywhere regardless of your market, the plan N and the plan G are probably going to be one or two in Really, no specific order, depending on where you're listening. But um,
1: absolutely, I agree. I agree.
0: Well, uh, well, Tracy, I wanted I want you to talk about your business for a second. Talk about your business. Talk about your company. Talk about how people can get in touch with you if they're listening to this and they just you know they identified with something that you said and they want to work with you on your on their plan. And I know you said you work in the Michigan market. Is that right? Correct. Yep. Yeah.
1: Um so yes, I do work in the mission market. I am in the process of possibly branching out into other markets, but I am just really I'm a small town kind of guy and everything really resonates me resonates with me being just a face to face kind of guy. Um, but as far as my business goes, I can see here and I can tell you that, you know, I offer the best prices and the best companies and, you know, I'll give you the best service, but at the end of the day, um, I'm different because I answer to uh, I answer to a different power, I guess you could say. I'm a man of God, and everything I do is surrounded around that. And uh, um, I, I hold myself to a different uh, imperative. We we call it the moral imperative, it's not like a fiduciary standard or a broker standard. To us, it's higher. So I'm going to be here for you to, yes, save you money. Yes, put you with good products. Yes, shop around the market each year for you, um, educate you, all that stuff, help you with bills, help you with claims. But at the end of the day, I'm going to be here for you to be, um, available 24 seven. And I really do mean that I just got out of a, a week long vacation and, and had clients call me left and right. And it never bothered me. I'm here for you. Any questions you have, I will, I'll jump. If you tell me to jump, that's just the type of person I am. And that's what I think what sets us apart, um, from, uh, from, from maybe other companies. So you can, you can, uh, um, uh, Visit, visit us at uh, clcinvestmentadvisors.com. You can see the investment side and, and our strategies there. You can go on our Medicare page for all the consultation or you can visit us at uh, facebook.com backslash uh, CLCIA. Uh, I do post videos on there, um, just educational blurps and um, also articles and uh, just try to be as positive as possible. If you have any questions, you can always call or text or email me. Um, uh, probably call would be the best my phone number is
0: 231-268-9293. Well, that's awesome. That's great, Tracy. Um, thank you so much for all the value you provided today and um, I, the great insight. And thank you so much for taking the time. After vacation, I'm sure you had a lot of work to catch up on. Um, and, and so thank you for the time.
1: Yeah, hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Hey, it's always a pleasure. Folks, thank you so right. much for, for listening Um as always, if if you enjoyed this episode and you're listening to us on a platform that allows you to leave us a review, please do so. And as always, until the end of this month, to celebrate my birthday, I'm doing a free giveaway of my book, Medicare Guidance, Picking the Plan for You. All you have to do is go to Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star review, take a picture of it, send it to me in an email, so that way I know it's really you, and include your name best mailing address, and I will ship the book to you free of charge. So please don't forget to do that. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back with you with another episode on Saturday. Take care.